Starting up with Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Starting up with Virtue Zone. Each and every Thursday, we start at one, we finish around about two. We're not great with our timings, but that's why the podcast is even tighter, okay? So all you have to do is download the podcast. What you can get for this week, you will get us discussing all things Gen Z. Um, they're a unique generation. So how on earth do you market the 11 to 26-year-olds or thereabouts? Two experts get their thoughts on that one. Uh, we talked tax. Why tax break announced earlier this week by the Minister of Finance, especially for startups. That's going to run all the way through to 26. We got Petchy's ideas on that one. And we kicked things off with a little bit of magic. No, not Mine and Neil's introduction, but none other than Magic Phil. Got all of that on the show. Download it now. Starting up with Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Indeed, it is. Neil Petch is live in studio with us for the next 60 minutes. Neil is, of course, uh, the chairman of Virtue Zone, and it's all about starting up. It's all about being your own boss over the course of the next 60. Always good to catch up on a Thursday with Neil. It's been a good week. Yeah, I was listening to you on the business breakfast, Tom, because you are a man of many talents. And, and uh, I think it was Richard was talking about, you know, the pros and cons of working for a supportive corporation and being your own boss. So what does everyone think? What do the listeners think? Uh, the, 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 the listeners uh, think, yeah, because there is this survey going around, isn't there, this week about um, 65% of people here in the region, bait.com and YouGov did the survey, uh, would like to be self-employed. Uh, and that's sort of thrown up all sorts of questions about... I think it's the energy that Dubai gives you. I came here not thinking, 30 years ago, not thinking I was an entrepreneur at all. I was your, 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 your classic, steady Englishman. And now I hear people telling me I'm, you know... I, <laughs> I have entrepreneurism in, in every drop of my blood. And a large part of that, I think, is the energy that Dubai has given and the belief that we get. Uh, Neil is with us all the way through. We've got uh, Neil's company clinic a little later on. So we'll be talking tax. We'll be talking starting up. We'll be talking be your own boss. But we kick things off, as we always do, on a Thursday afternoon with what we call our success spotlight. And today we have the pleasure of speaking one of the most well-known and best-beloved performers here in the UAE. Look, he's a magician, but he's much more than that. Children's author, entrepreneur, who's turned his passion into what is a thriving brand and business now. Um, it is, of course, a man who has nearly 10 years here in Dubai. He's become a household name, enchanting audiences, uh, not just uh, younger audiences, but audiences of all ages, uh, with his signature green costume, sideways cap, big smile and bubbling uh, personality. But behind the magic and the bright lights, there's a fascinating success story that we're going to dive into now. So without further ado, it is a warm welcome to the show to Magic Phil. Phil, good to have you with us. Hello, good afternoon. It's great to be here. I do love these studios. So thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you with us as well. And I suppose, you know, the age-old question to kick things off is, where did it all start? I'm assuming, when did, when did your sort of passion for magic really rear its head? Well, it was when I was a child, a um, long time ago. I think it was about my sixth birthday party. And a magician actually came to one of my birthdays and it was not the trick that impressed me. It was the reaction of my friends and the way the magician made me and my friends feel. It was more it was more about that side of things and how I could make children feel like the way I felt when I saw that magic trick. And it was that that got me very interested. And I had my first magic set that Christmas. And I was just 
so into showing my parents everything was going wrong it was all but you know parents do wow that was amazing yay and it was it just went from there mm. and then i joined my local magic circle mm. i got talking to other um teenage magicians mm. at that age and then started becoming more more creative with what i did i was still very mixed in the kind of genre of magic that i was interested in and then it just went from there when you moved to dubai did people initially get it or did it take a while of convincing it was because of the style of magic I did when I came to Dubai. I'm very much old style Tommy Cooper comedy kind of magic side of things, and very focused on the children. It, I think, they my character took some warming too, mm. especially into the local sort of audience wise. You know, who's this guy randomly on stage talking about toilets and all these kind of jokes and stuff? It was a bit, but I think that's what made it so unique. Mm. I am literally on stage for 30 minutes talking all things toilets mm. and everything that kids love. And it's not just a magic, it's, it's, it's more about the laughter and the smiles and stuff as well. I mentioned there that the brand grew and has done over the 10 years that you've been here uh, in Dubai as well. I mean, it has grown exponentially in recent times. And yet during that, we've also had COVID. Did you get hit hard by COVID? Yeah, so COVID was a was a very tricky time. It was, you know, taking taking a stage and spotlight away from a performer is probably the one of the hardest things to deal with. And a lot of people went onto Zoom. So then I thought, how can I go onto Zoom? No one's going to buy tickets to watch a show. What what else can I do? What other ideas can I do to try and make some money? And that just took me back to my childhood when I was interested in magic. The only thing that I could really do was books. Mm at the time and reading books and once you've read a book then that's it so then i decided let's open my own magic school so i did called abracazoom and the plan was to do <laughs> one see what i did there <laughs> one uh, one um, lesson a week which then turned into five lessons a week so i was on zoom every day maxed out all of my my classes then i thought right how do i keep these kids in my class so i set it as courses so instead of just doing videos and doing these classes, I said that you won't be a mini magic film magician until you've got these four courses complete on your certificate. And who doesn't love a good certificate and oh, a magic yeah. wand? So I had four stars on this certificate that they had to rebook the next courses of these classes. And then if COVID had continued, I'd probably have re-edited the certificates and made it about 10 stars on there. And But... That's how it did, and that was my... And again, with book readings, I have children's books. I was um, doing author readings to schools, and it just went completely virtual. And if it wasn't for that, then I probably don't think I'd still be here. Mm. Yeah, I think that really I'm starting to hear the answer to my own question here, but there's a, a lot of listeners are probably one-man bands. Um, you just piled in here a ball of green energy <laughs> and, and i was thinking all right that's fantastic we've had amazing sportsmen we've had artists now we've got a magician from a business angle how do you go about translating your own charisma and so on in, into a business that that you can scale so it's that it's that thing of um, getting your own products and stuff as well i mean i my face is the brand, the, this character that has been developed over the years. I mean, you look at pictures of me when I first came out here in Dubai. It's nothing like this giant cucumber on sugar at the minute. You know, it's <laughs> nothing like that. The, the sideway cap didn't come in until 
a couple of years in, and it was red at the time. The, the shorts, the big dicky I like boat. cucumber and sugar appealing to both sectors of the market, the healthy one. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, it's, I'm going to start using that now. So, right. okay, so a kid wants to sign up for a magic course. When's the next course? It's not. Ah. But, and I, but you could personalise them. Yeah, but it could be more of a an actual summer camp, a spring camp. Yeah. These are things I've thought about, okay. but I've just never had the time to do it. Uh-huh. And I have actually tried to build up a camp before that I would front it, I would I would start it, I would welcome the children, and then I would hand over to people that had been trained by me to work the tricks, perform the tricks, make the tricks, and then I would come at the end of the summer camp for the kids to perform and get a bit of a... What's the first trick that you teach a, a six-year-old? Floating magic wand, Oof. one of my favourites. So you actually make your own magic wand as well. You can hand it to somebody and it doesn't float for them, but then you make it float. And they love it. And the <laughs> amount of videos and stuff I get tagged in as well of children, you know, trying out these tricks and all this kind of stuff. It's brilliant. Does that, that float your boat? Too? Oh, it floats my boat. See, we're going with that one. You are magic, Mr. Fetch, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> When did you? I mean, obviously, a passion for you, as as, as Petra was saying there. Yeah, you you, you live and breathe it. You, you you walk the walk. You talk the talk as well. Um, do you? How do you sort of manage it as a business, though? As well, is that something that you've had to sort of learn over the time as the brand has grown, the business has grown? It's it's now getting to a point where I can very luckily pick and choose what I do and where I go, mm. but I need to still be doing these these parties and being out there because if people don't see me when the time comes that i do my big christmas theater tour no one's going to buy my tickets no one they might recognize me on a poster but if i'm not actively in the public eye which is what i try to be i have my residency brunches every saturday i do my regular shows i'm always in schools but if i'm not going to you know all these community events and community parties then they're my audience they're my customers that i'm i'm selling myself basically for people when i need them to buy tickets for my show. Does that make but, sense? Well, yeah, but with the popularity, I suppose the biggest challenge for you is you can't be in two places at one time, can you? Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the. That's the. So oh, can Pepsi you take can, Tom? Pepsi well, can. He's <laughs> a magician. Is magic. And <laughs> I could have brought a couple of spare caps today, and we could have all went off our own way and did a couple of shows ourselves. But I think that is the that in the long run. Because at the minute, I'm managing. I've you know, and I am stepping back a bit. I am taking a bit more time to you know, focus on my biggest shows. I've got a new book coming out in October um, and all that kind of things where that just generates income whilst I'm just sat at home. Basically, the book's selling in the shops, the book's selling online, all that kind of stuff. But the long plan is to, you know, maybe have another character. The trouble is when your face is your brand, Mm. it's going to, it's got a lifeline. And it's finding that next step where, where does it go from there? I've had thoughts of doing character shows, creating a magic fill, you know, mascot character that can go do these mall shows. I mean, you know, a bit like Barney, Dora the Explorer, all these characters that can be in a million places all over the world. And if there was a magic fill show that I was there on the screen, so my brand is still there, but it's a character, who knows? Mini-me's, don't you? That's who knows? Some mini-me's. Yeah. Mini-fills. Fill two. Mini-fills. And how would I make one of them? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, do, didn't go to school enough, Phil. <laughs> I'll have to get where, a special magic one for that one, I think. <laughs> Let's turn the tape. I mean, there are so many uh, performances we could talk about, uh, Phil. But, I mean, and I'm sure one that you get asked all the time is, I mean, are there any, is there one that sort of stands out from all the others? <laughs> 
There, there's ones I wouldn't really talk about. Like we are family show. Um, they're very much. Um, this is so Dubai kind of situation. Um, some that I'll probably talk about when I leave Dubai, and there's some that are just so magical in itself to me. I mean, I've been in palaces, I've been in big theatre schools, you name it, I've been there. Mm. But the the moment and the memories for me was when I went to um, Jordan and the refugee camps. Mm. Uh, those shows for me, and that's what all magic is about, it's it's creating memories and taking, for me, the, as, as, it was so overwhelming. It was such a, I was there for three weeks, and it was just taking these kids away from it all for just 30 minutes of just watching and laughing and smiling. And for me, that was that was just, that was payment for me. That mm. that in itself is just something that I'll always hold on to and just that's what drives me to do what I do. And that's, you know, just take, you never know what people are going through. You know, you see these children everywhere and you just don't do that 30 minutes there with me and they're laughing and enjoying the show they're, they're completely forgetting about everything else and that's what that's what Escapism. my business is all about just very quickly and we're rapidly running out of time i mean neil and i often talk about you know to make to be a success yourself or a success of your business etc it's all about finding that niche in the market and delivering something the market hasn't had and you've done that in the last decade you know you have cornered the market for uh, for magic specifically for, for for youngsters but then for some big youngsters as well oh, yes. yeah uh, 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 out there i mean as this place grows obviously the competition grows as well how do you sort of cope with that do you welcome it is it something that you see as a bit of a challenge absolutely i mean i've i've got friends out here that i've even advised i mean i was i was sat with one the other the other week in rack talking about you know his show and you know just to because i've been through it all and i mean if a competition coming in then I'm, I'm all up for healthy healthy competition there's thousands of kids shows out here yeah. it's just keeping out there keeping a connection with the the little fans the the brunch mums all these kind of people <laughs> that are out there and it's it's keeping it fresh as well you know it's my my big show that i do at the end of the year is always a brand new theme it's i have full team of songwriters producers and all kind and it's it's just to, that's the highlight of my year and i think that's what i need to keep on top of and keep different and it's my 10th year this year so it's going to be big look at that uh, it's going to be the 10 year celebrations that's for sure if you can't wait until the end of the year uh, loads of people asking where you're performing next oh good question so i'm every saturday i'm at caesar's palace in Fasaxi with family brunch dubai and that's where i am so come along and come along and see the show and if people want to find out more about uh, the brand that is magic phil how do they get in touch so you can find me on instagram at one magic phil if there's any mummies out there you can find me on match.com lovely thank you very much indeed uh, magic phil it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure we are, you've been absolutely magic throughout the course of this afternoon so thanks so much indeed for your time you're very All welcome the best for oh, this 10th anniversary year as you say no, thank you uh, big thanks to magic phil do get in touch with he this is starting up with tom urquhart and virtue zone business set up with no regrets on dubai i 103.8 is starting up with Virtue Zone. Welcome back to uh, the show each and every Thursday, one through until two, uh, with myself and of course uh, Neil Petch, uh, who is trying to um, perfect his magic trick. I'm over also there. trying to become a Generation Z, but apparently I'm a boomer. 
You're a boomer, are you? Apparently. Are we both boomers? When, we must well, be boomers. we're not really boomers, but when our children want we're to booming. give us stick, we become boomers. <laughs> Shut up, boomer. Uh, right, big thanks to Magic Phil. In fact, he is performing tricks as we speak at the moment, so make sure you get onto our socials to have a little look at those. Uh, do get in touch with the team at Virtue and at Virtue Zone right here in Dubai. Hashtag be your own boss, or of course, uh, right here at Dubai I138 FM. Now, uh, we're going to talk about Generation, as Petra was just saying, that's been around since what late 90s 97 we are talking generation or as the kids say gen z all right the oldest gen z out there we reckon round about 26 is that right mr yeah, about, P? That, about my, my age yeah about your age and waist size uh, youngest is round about 11 years old so we're sort of talking what born in 2012 or thereabouts mm-hmm. now depending on the source these years can vary uh, but you know where we're at no secret that there are Well, they're a different generation, that's for sure. As a result, they're challenging marketers and marketeers to think outside the box, not just the magic as well. If you are a brand who wants to know how to market to this generation, you've tuned into the right programme at the right time. Why? Because I've got two experts to join myself and Neil in this discussion. Uh, The MD Managing Director of Tish Tash Marketing and Public Relations is, of course, Polly Williams, who needs little introduction. Polly, lovely to see you as always. Lovely to see you. Thanks very much indeed for joining us uh, and the managing partner of vision industry uh, who was they uh, a new eyewear brand that caters to young customers um, we're going to be finding out when it's going to launch a bit more about it uh, we're joined by Gian Paolo Biasotto uh, Gian Paolo thanks so much indeed for being with yeah. us great to have you with us uh, here in studio thanks so to have me here let's talk vision industry first and foremost yeah. Um, yeah. why set up the eyewear brand and yeah. when can we and our Gen Zers get their hands on them well, uh, vision industry, it's actually, I would say, I would define it as a, a experiential uh, optical store. Let's take it that way. Okay. So it's a space. It's an 800 square meter space in one of the Emirates. Uh, what we have been trying to achieve is, is to, from one side, to kind of elevate the, 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 the perception of the product, okay, uh, which sometimes is taken for granted. Instead, uh, we feel that... Uh, there's a lot behind uh, an eyewear. There's, there's uh, fashion, there's uh, technology, there's uh, uh, craftsmanship, healthcare. Uh, so there's a lot and, and, and uh, uh, a product that we love and that I love personally. And, 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 and I would love people to see it that way too. Okay? Mm. Um, how we're planning to, 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 to cut, let's say, this, this Generation Z. I mean, I was, I was reading an article just recently saying that uh, 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 around 60% 60 of of the Generation Z are in love with personalization, okay, and customization, okay, versus uh, 40-something of of the um, millennials and 30-something of the generation even before. So there's a growth, I guess, in in the interest of personalization. and, And in vision industry, we have a whole dedicated um, design lab, okay, mm-hmm. where you can come and we can design your frame for you and we will make it there on the spot mm-hmm. for you, okay? So I guess this is something that is very interesting for, for, for this generation. I mean, I guess uh, they grown up uh, with uh, personalized uh, playlist, uh, uh, personalized selection from Netflix, uh, uh, personalized ads. So I, I guess they probably... Expect that kind of personalization for any service and, and product that they, they, 
they're looking for, and and uh, and uh, we hope we hope we're gonna be so able Jean to. Jean do that. you think this is gonna be the death now? Because the the eyeglass uh, uh, industry is yeah. one way. You know, you've got the Chanel's and the Dior's, yeah. and but to my understanding, they have no real connection with the Chanel and Dior that everybody knows. Yeah. Yet there's this powerful brand, and people yeah. pay extra for it. Yeah. Yet Gen Z that you're trying to target have. Zero brand loyalty. So yeah. is, does this mean there's going to be a big disruption in your industry? Oh, well, the industry, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, diverse. It's big. Uh, uh, and, of course, uh, customers are, uh, uh, are different. Okay. So there, are, there is market for big brands. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is market for, for personalization and customization. Okay. So uh, I feel uh, the, the, the new, uh, this new uh, generation is definitely going to change some balance, uh, okay, in our industry as in many other industries, okay. And, uh, and, uh, uh, but I feel that the big brands are also trying to uh, 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 cut this, this, uh, this uh, uh, um, generation, and they will probably, and I'm sure they will come up also with something, something interesting. Uh, important is being able to, to grab their attention, okay, and satisfy their needs. Polly, to bring you into the discussion as well, um, Gen Z, I mean, commonly held beliefs, opinions, true or otherwise, um, one of them being that they are digital natives. They have all grown up in the digital uh, gig economy that we now find ourselves in. Do you ignore that? If you are a brand, do you ignore that element at your peril? Absolutely. I mean... Gen Z, the biggest thing that makes people Gen Z is the fact that they don't know anything other than technology. They are the first generation to grow up with technology, whether it be Facebook, Instagram. So you absolutely cannot. It is imperative that you use it. And you only have to look at TikTok and the way TikTok is moving forward to know that it is all about digital. And as we know, the traditional media landscape is changing so much. Print is in decline. Digital is increasing. So, yes, digital, absolutely. So if you saw a brand like uh, Giampaolo's, and when you're talking about, you know, a traditional eyewear, uh, and everyone will see it, there's things you still put on your, uh, on your, uh, in front of your eyes. Yep. Are you talking more about the sort of the marketing of the brand itself needs to be digital rather than the product? It's it's two things, really. E-commerce, social commerce are growing massively. So we are seeing a decrease in bricks and mortar. But what's happening in this case is that they are having a bricks and mortar store, but they're trying to think differently about how you're going to bring people in, right? So you have to have experiential opportunities for people to touch, feel and engage. You need to show that you're an authentic brand. So authenticity is number one most important to the Gen Z, along with being real and honest and caring about your brand. So when you talk about the the big brands out there, the only way they're going to keep up is by changing their narrative, Mm. talking about how how their brands are made, talking about the factory experience, talking about the materials, thinking about how they can be more eco-friendly. That is how you're going to keep the Gen Z. So... There is room for everyone, but they have to adapt to how the Gen Z are thinking and what they care about in order to drive that. And I think social commerce is really important. So if I were working with them, what I would say is, yes, bricks and mortar is great and what they're doing is something different. But how are you going to translate that into social commerce? Mm. Because you can see things like TikTok shop is opening very soon here. So people will be able to buy from TikTok. And at the moment, what's happening with TikTok is people are going onto TikTok, they're seeing trends, and then they're searching on Google for that trend. So if you're not there as part of that trend online, 
It doesn't matter if you're there offline. It's a it's minefield, both. isn't it? Yeah, and I think what we learn is that, you know, you just mentioned that print is, is perhaps uh, receding or becoming less uh, uh, important. And then Google took over a lot from print. But now, spending money directly, because Gen Z, they have this finely attuned radar, don't they? We're being sold to. We don't like being sold to. And the defence mechanism comes up, which I suppose means it's a great opportunity for PR companies, Polly. Absolutely. I mean, the reality now is the algorithm is in charge of what people are going to buy. And I honestly believe that is the truth. And people will look at trends. They'll look at what they're being served. I mean, we've all seen those memes of people talking into their phones, hoping that their partner's going to suddenly get served an ad for something that they want because they've talked about it. But that's the reality. That's where we are. And so... The key is about how you do that, but you also bring people in because Gen Z aren't just just digital. They do want experiences. They want relationships. They want face-to-face relationships with their peers. And how can you give them that while also providing them... And they want content, right? But they want content in quick bursts. Yeah. They want meaningful content and they want quick content. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that uh, omnichannel is the the right uh, word for this. And, And I think there's no either e-commerce or uh, physical brick and mortar. It's a mix of the two, and there's no two separate uh, consumer for the two. It's just the same that my, in our case, try a sunglass in store and then buy it uh, mm. uh, from the couch at home or, or, or the other way around to get some information at home and then pop it in in store and, and, and buy buy the product from there. So. It's, it's really uh, connected. The two words are really connected. And f- but for sure, they cannot live without each other. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business setup with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, joined by uh, Virtue Zone chairman Neil Petch here as we try and get our head around uh, Gen Z and how to market to Gen Z. We are joined in studio by two special guests, the managing partner of Vision Industry, a new eyewear brand that caters to young customers, Gianpaolo Biasotto, and the Managing Director of Tishtash Marketing and Public Relations, Polly Williams. Uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of this one. It's just, I, I, I've used that term already, uh, Neil, but it just seems to be a little bit of a minefield. It looks like you're, the old rule book has been ripped up and thrown out for another generation. It's why reverse mentoring actually works, because if you want to target an area, don't try and think that you're the best at it. Bring in someone who's better than you and so that that's that's why i think it's incredibly important to have young people working in your company clever uh, not just charity tom not just charity <laughs> thinking of it from different angles i mean there are all so many misconceptions and opinions about uh, assumptions if you like polly about gen zers as well one of them is that they don't like adverts they don't like adverts or adverts as we know adverts so what do they like then? And how do you get the message across? Content. Content, content. Just more. As much content as you possibly can. Look, they're smart. Gen Zers are smart. They know what they want. They don't stay quiet about what they want. Um, so you need to be as honest as they are honest with you. So advertising in the way that we know it as millennials and 
older, know it. Says so point, um, pointing at me. Did you see that? There was no pointing. There was You're no not pointing. the only one. Yeah. That is not even a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I am technically a millennial, guys, just at the end of it. Uh, I think we're all... Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, but, yes, it's content. It's short-form content. It's keeping people interested. I read an interesting thing yesterday, actually, when I knew I was coming on this show. What is it that... Gen Zs are spending their time doing. And it said, millennials, we talk about what we watched on TV. And I was like, yeah, of course, that's what I do with my friends every day. What did we watch, you know, on Netflix? That's not what Gen Zs are talking about. They're talking about what game they played. They're talking about what influencer are they following. So all of the things that we've grown up with, TV may look different to us now because we don't have ads, because we have platforms that are different. We have to even look beyond that because... They might be consuming TV, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get information about a TV show from an influencer or they get information from their friend or they play a game that then gets made into a TV show. And there's big examples of that across the globe at the moment. So we do just have to think completely differently. Mm. Paolo, you're looking to launch early May, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Give us an insight to your marketing strategy uh, to tap into Gen Z. <laughs> well, uh, we have we have in store. Actually, the store is open already, but we are still in a soft opening. We just opened last week, and we're waiting the fourth of May to officially launch. Okay, um, what we've been doing, other than what we were discussing before, and having this uh, uh, design uh, uh, lab, let's say, where, where where everyone can create his own product, uh, we have product that are. Perfectly, I feel, targeting the, 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 the new generation. And especially we have a, a, a whole area dedicated to eco-friendly uh, product and sustainability, which I feel is a topic that is uh, more and more uh, uh, interesting for the new generation, okay, uh, as is supposed to. Uh, so we have, for example, a brand that is produced locally by by. Uh, um, by a guy that the, the, the brand is called Midori and he collects the lids of the plastic bottle okay mm-hmm. he melts them and, and, and he works them around and he comes up with, with beautiful glasses okay mm. and, and, and we feel this, this this is not the only one that we have we have another brand that is called C2C so they collect the plastic from the ocean and with that very plastic they produce they produce frames uh, that you can find in our store so uh, uh, there are many uh, ways that we can we are trying to 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 capture the attention of of the new millennials we have product for example dedicated to to gamers okay to protect their eyes while they're playing uh, 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 and and gamers we know it's it's something huge and it's becoming bigger and bigger as as a phenomenon so uh, we're really doing a lot and trying to 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 have the right Solution, okay, for 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 the generation. There's some great apps and and for for sneakers where you can try on any pair of sneakers mm-hmm. you like, and it goes on your own leg, and you see it uh, happening. Yeah, I yeah, 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 that absolutely. Perfect. Virtual trying on is something that is going to be present in store. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, um, what about influencers? I want to ask you about both about influencers because we've heard a lot about influencers for quite some time now, and. I'm conscious of the fact, A, not just with the time this afternoon, but also generations of time. I mean, are Gen Z as convinced by influence? Because there's a thing going around of de-influencers, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, de-influencing. De-influencing is still influencing. It's just, ah. not to confuse you, uh, it's just a different <laughs> way of influencing. So, um, again, it's a TikTok trend that took off. 
And it gets around, I think it's about 100 million new tags a month or something. So it's definitely a growing trend. But when you actually look at the content of de-influencing, it essentially is someone saying, don't buy this, it's not worth the money, but buy this because it is worth the money. So you're still influencing. But it's come about because essentially the Gen Zs are much more aware of what they're spending. They want to spend their money more more wisely. So it's no longer about the big global brand just going, here's a new shiny thing that you should have. It's about saying, this is how you should spend your money in a way that will bring you the best value and that will be authentic and it's what you want. So it is still influencing. It's just a new type of influencing. (sighs) <laughs> it's difficult. Are you taking this all in? Well, I think one of the things we can take from this is is that the brands out there are seeking to gain loyalty earlier and earlier when with people younger and younger. And, mm. and if they can grab them and, and then monetize that, that's a, so that's, again, something that companies need to be thinking about. So we've had a lot of digital banks on recently, Tom, over the last few weeks. And in many cases, they'll have a, a part to their app that allows the parents to train the children how to be financial financially responsible, how to reward them for doing tasks and so on, so that that uh, kid becomes a customer of such and such a bank uh, five years later. It's, I, I suppose the last sort of point that I want to make is, it, again, we're trying to advise people that are listening at the moment to a generation that will continue to get more financial stability and be more and more um, uh, influential in the sort of retail and buyer markets moving forward. But... Can, from all I'm hearing at the moment is that you can't sort of rely on the lessons of the past. And is that something we're seeing a lot more now with new generations, be they millennials and the sort of tags that go with millennials, be they Generation Z, whatever the generation is that comes after Z as well, is that you almost have to sort of rethink the way that you market and sell too. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a lot of that. And I think you'll see more and more stores like what Giampaolo is doing, where you are having to think completely differently about how you sell something to somebody. Mm. Um, And you can't sit still. And I think it comes to Neil's point as well about make sure you are hiring Gen Zs. Because I can sit here and I've done my research and I have a lot of Gen Zs in my team, but I don't live and breathe it. I I am not one. So you do have Gen Zs at Tishdash? Oh, yeah. Yeah. About half the team. I think that's a whole other conversation recruitment with gen z um i love you all guys um but work from home (laughs) um but yes you do have to have those people in your teams to really understand because it is such a seismic shift in the way that people are buying the way people are you know things like brand love brand loyalty like we we just talked about they are much harder to obtain and it doesn't necessarily mean that as a brand you should be looking for brand loyalty you should be looking at how you can grow to a much wider audience than you ever have done before rather than desperately trying to hold on to a smaller number of people i'm gonna Absolutely. Do you a disservice Absolutely. here, Jean Paolo? Because I know that you are on the, you know, in the cusp of twenty six, twenty seven, etc. But yeah. uh, <laughs> in terms of that, I mean, just put back to the point that both Neil and Polly have made. Yeah. Do you have Gen Zers in the team? Yes, we do. Actually, uh, especially in in, in in that location, we the, our two artisans. Okay, they are two young guys. Uh, they are twenty five and twenty six, so wow. right at the border of of the Gen Z. And, uh, and, and on purpose, we, we, we selected them. It's not been easy, actually, to find them because you need to find the skills. Uh, but we need, uh, we need to have somebody that can talk to them, that can understand uh, the customer. You need to be real to that. To, to, Our social media to expert, yeah. Tom, 
we, she was challenged with a Chanel handbag as a prize to take us over 100,000 followers. Mm. So you've got to think different ways to incentivize people, give them targets. So things are changing, but some things stay the same as well. How long did that take? Yeah. <laughs> she was extremely fast. <laughs> well, check maybe, is still in the post. Maybe you can dangle a pair of Vision Industry specs in front of her next time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, oh, well, you'll be welcome. Gianpaolo, where do people find out more about Vision Industry? When and where? Okay, so the, the May 4th we're going to officially open. Yeah. Okay. The store is open, as I mentioned, on a, on a soft opening so on the first floor of Mall of the Emirates. You will see it definitely because it's 26 meters of facade, so it's difficult not to notice it. Uh, and uh, on visionind.com, you can find the, 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 the initial information of it. Yes, absolutely. Good luck with the launch. Looking yeah. forward to that Thank one. Thank you very much. Uh, and, Paul, if people want to get in touch with Tishtash uh, to take up some of the conversations we've been having, how do they do that? You can just email me, polly at tishtash.com, or tishtash.com is the website. Thanks so much indeed for your Thank time you today, Giampaolo. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. All the best. For you guys. This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back to Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We do it each and every Thursday, one through until two. Uh, I'm joined by the chairman, uh, Neil Petch, who for this final segment uh, takes off his chairman's hat and his chairman's coat and puts on the doctor's coat uh, for our company clinic. And we're talking about our favourite subject today, Neil, tax. Yeah, so I want to be called Magic Neil because I'm going to help you disappear <laughs> your tax. I like that. You're going to be a Magic Ian. A Magic, a magic Neil for the next uh, 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 couple of moments. Look, uh, as you know, this week, uh, the UA Ministry of Finance announcing a new corporate tax relief programme for small businesses with revenue of 3 million dirhams or less, taking effect in June of this year, ending in December 2026. Amazing news for startups and other small or micro businesses. So, what are the conditions for joining this scheme? Let's hear now from Haroon Juma, Managing Director at Simply Solved, a federal tax agency and accounting firm that specialises in tax advisory and compliance. The first condition is that the company must must be resident taxpayer in the UAE. The second condition is the company cannot exceed its turnover above 3 million dirhams in the preceding tax year and the current tax year to remain eligible for the small business relief scheme. The third condition is that the revenue threshold will be applied from the 1st of June 2023 to the 31st of December 2026, after which the normal corporate tax regime will come into force. And finally, any company within the free zone or is part of a multinational enterprise with global turnovers of greater than 750 million euros will not be able to join the scheme. Uh, Neil's got the team down at VirtuZone uh, crunching the numbers after the latest details as well. Do you concur? I do. Um, I would say that what the UA is really good at is staying light on its feet and adapting to circumstances. It's done it for COVID. Now we're in a situation where you compare us to countries that are, are you know, taxing at 40%, 50%. So it's a huge competitive advantage to base yourself here. People are thinking 9%, but suddenly we found out if you're a startup and you're under 3 million dirhams of revenue, zero. Mm. But you've got to prove that you are under three million. So you've got to make sure that you do keep your books. You do get your audit stamp. So you reach out to a company that can do that for you. Would you know one or not? <laughs> I do know what I happen to know. Oh, really? Virtue okay. Zone Auditing and Taxation. Oh, right. Okay, okay. cool. 
you know, and, and so suddenly there's this huge market of people that will need that audit that are not in the, you know, they can afford the Ernst and Youngs and Deloitte's of, of, of this world. So it's a great opportunity for businesses starting up. And, it, you know, it, it really is another example of giving a boost to this area. And people should look at it as an opportunity because a lot of people will look at tax and go, oh, no, and turn their back. But this is, this is a great opportunity for the next couple of years. It is. And also it's, you know, when people are thinking, do I want to structure my company in the mainland or do I want to have a free zone company? So the gentleman just uh, uh, mentioned that uh, if you're in a free zone, then there's a different set of rules, which is the case. What we understand is that if your free zone company company is conducting business in the mainland, then there will be some sort of uh, uh, tax liable for you. But these things are yet to be set in stone. So, but, you know, now's the time to build the foundations and be ready for this, because then you can adapt as, as the regulations change. And every company should be looking for a performance advantage. And one performance advantage is tax efficiency. Love it. Uh, if you are confused, if you're still scratching your head, uh, then get in touch with the team at Virtue Zone. Pretty much available for comment 24 hours, seven days a week, aren't we, they? We certainly are. Uh, Neil, can't thank you enough. Thanks for your time on a Thursday. Cheers, I know it's a busy time for you. So Ramadan Kareem to uh, Neil Petch. In fact, Ramadan Kareem to all the small business owners out there listening in to us. Uh, we should do this again next week, though. Really. Do you know what? Maybe one o'clock. How about that? Should we do it again it's next week? Put a date in your diary each and every Thursday, one through till two. Uh, right. Uh, and that will, of course, be just, uh, or it might even be eat. We don't know as yet. We'll wait and see. But certainly it'll be a build up to eat. Uh, we will see you next week, one through till two. In the meantime, uh, thanks very much indeed for tuning in. My name's Tom Urquhart. His name is Chairman Neil Petch. And that was starting up. See you next week.